Hey everyone, welcome to Weapons of Righteousness Ministries, our online Bible study. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode 25 of this online Bible study, and today we are going to be speaking on or talking about standing established in the truth. Now, for those of you that have been following along with this study of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through, I believe we're going to go through about 18 or through verse 20. And we have moved into now verse 14 of, of those scripture verses. And if you've been following along in episodes 21 through 23, we talked about what is truth. It was a series specifically on truth. And we, we uh, identified that truth is, is different from facts. You know, facts they're subject to change. The truth of God never changes. And we, we established in that series that Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, is the truth. That everything that we come in contact with in this world, we must filter through what God's Word says, what the truth says about what we are experiencing in this life. And now we're going to move on to standing established in truth and we're going to talk about how to stand in that truth in the truth of, of Jesus Christ and what he's set us free from and in his promises and what he says in his word well, we're going to begin today just with prayer I want to open with prayer and then we're going to move into this study so father I thank you for this day I thank you Lord for everybody listening to this, uh, to this Bible study, listening to the sound of my voice. Lord, I just pray that they have ears to hear you speak to them through me. Lord, that the words that I speak would be from you, Father. I believe that the seeds that will be sown out of my mouth will hit good ground and that they will produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. Thank you, Father, for this platform and for this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, we are going to start in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. And in verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So we're just going to we're going to break that verse down. You know, there is so much in the word of God in scripture that you can take one verse like I'm going to do here and and you can spend over an hour talking about one verse. Now I'm not saying I'm going to sit here for an hour and talk your ear off about verse 14, but there will be probably several episodes regarding this topic because one verse and one truth in a verse can be linked to an you know a a bunch of other verses talking about the same thing or similar things you know the whole bible is intertwined and linked together so you can take one truth in a verse and you can you i mean you can spend hours studying that truth out because it'll be mentioned several other times in different verses and different places in the bible so we're going to focus on the first half of that verse which is stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth you know a couple months ago 
I, uh, Sherry and I, we, we bought a boat. Now, Sherry agreed to it. It was my idea to start out. I, uh, something that I do to make extra money is I will go on a government auction site and I will look at items. And if I believe that I can fix that item up and make money through selling it once it's fixed up, then I will, uh, I'll, I'll discuss it with Sherry and we will bid on that item. So I saw a boat that was being listed in Martinsville, Virginia. And this boat was in pretty bad condition cosmetically, but I felt like it was a good investment. And so I ended up placing a bid on the boat. Now there were some circumstances involved surrounding me purchasing it. Uh, there was another individual that was supposed to be involved in purchasing the boat and going halfway with me and after winning the bid on the boat and actually bidding a bit more than what I anticipated which happens quite a bit uh, this person ended up saying that that they they couldn't go in with it on me so here I was I I bid on the boat and it was a a decent amount of money for me that I put in on it but I felt at peace with it and I had won the the bid I'd won the auction and I notified this individual, and when I notified them, then came this news back that they were not going to go in with me on the boat. And, you know, when, when that happened, there was a, a bit of anxiety that came on me, like, man, now I've got to fork out all of this money to buy the boat initially. And not only that, I've got to fork out the money to fix this boat up and the time to do it. But you know what? I, the Bible says in Deuteronomy that God has given us the ability to create wealth. It says that everything that we set our hands to as followers of Jesus Christ, as, as believers, that, we, that, that whatever we set our hands to will prosper. That is a promise of God in His Word. Deuteronomy chapter 8 I believe the, verse, uh, the first 16, 15, 16 verses talk about the blessings of God. And because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I've been engrafted into the, uh, the blessing of Abraham, the inheritance of Israel. I've been engrafted into that nation spiritually. And so I can claim all of the benefits and all of the blessings that came upon the children of Israel, came upon the children of Abraham. And so when that anxiety came against me, my wife and I just chose to stand on the truth of God's word, that everything I set my hands to will prosper, that God's will is for us to prosper. God's will is for us to increase and not decrease, that God has given us the power to create wealth, that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. That God takes pleasure in the prosperity of the righteous. All of these are verses in the Bible, or you could say promises or truths in the Bible, that I have come to know as truth, that I have received and acknowledged as this is the truth, regardless of what I see with my eyes. And so I, Sherry and I together stood on those truths. And for the next, I want to say it was about four months of us working on this boat, uh, me and my, my brother-in-law, he, he helped me with it. He helped work on it with it. And uh, over the next three or four months, 
we, we spent um, fixing this boat up in order to be sold. And over those months, there was many times where the circumstances that I was looking at, the money that was coming out of my pocket to fix this boat up was contrary to what I was believing. There was that voice of the enemy, that voice of doubt saying that I was going to lose money on this boat, that no way will I make money. Look at how much money I'm spending to fix this boat up. And there was these contrary voices coming against me, trying to steal the word that I know to be true from my heart. But Sherry and I, and even our kids, we continued to confess that we were going to make money off the sale of this boat. And then I prayed and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what should I sell the boat for? What should I believe, be believing for to get from this boat? And the, the figure, $15,000, came to my mind. As I was praying, I just felt $15,000. That's what I was going to believe for to get from this boat. And so I told that to my brother-in-law. I said, uh, "I said, hey man, you you've got to agree with me, and you've got to agree with my wife and share my my wife Sherry and, and my kids that we are going to get fifteen thousand dollars for this boat." And and he he said, "Okay." He said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that." And so we continued to work on it, and uh, I continued to bless the boat with my words, even though there were times where I wanted to. Uh, get angry and say things at the boat because of things that were going on. You know, at one point, uh, my brother-in-law, Matt, said, man, I think this boat is cursed. And I said, Matt, this boat is not cursed. This boat is blessed in the name of Jesus because we are working on it. And so, um, and we both kind of laughed about that. But, you know, it was it, it was something that uh, anything you're believing for, the enemy is going to come and try to steal it away from you. He's going to try to cast doubt on the inside of you. Not only that, but your flesh is going to resist what you're believing for according to the Spirit. It says in Romans 8 that the flesh is at war with the Spirit, and the Spirit is at war with the flesh. So your flesh, when you try to believe for something in faith that you can't see, taste, hear, smell, or feel, your flesh is going to want to point your eyes to the natural and tell you all the reasons why that won't work. But I'm here to tell you that after four months of working on that boat and listing, I listed that boat in December of this last year, and I put on there eventually, you know, I, I, I originally put a price higher than 15000 on there because I was anticipating somebody to offer a lower price. But then I heard a message in the Holy Spirit ministered to me through that message regarding honesty, regarding uh, just asking what you want uh, for an item that you're trying to sell, not trying to debate back and forth and, and price it higher so that when someone offers something lower, you can meet in the middle or something. The, this minister was encouraging us and exhorting us to just list the item at the price that you are wanting for it. List the item for what you are believing for. And so I listed the item. I, I brought the price down and, and listed the item for $15,000. That's what I was believing for. That's what Sherry and I and our kids had been confessing, that I believe the boat will be sold for $15,000 in Jesus' name. 
And you might be hearing this and you might think that uh, that is crazy to be saying those things. But the Word of God says to hold fast to our confession. The way we receive salvation was by confessing with our mouth and believing in our hearts. There is life and death in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18:21. And so we decided to use our tongue to confess what we were believing in our heart. And so we all, we probably said this over a hundred times over the course of those several months, and especially those times that the, uh, that my, that the doubts were coming against me. And we would say, I believe in the name of Jesus that this boat will be sold for $15,000. Lord, that you are preparing the heart of a buyer right now to spend $15,000 for a boat, that you are providing them finances for that. And you know what happened? We sold that boat for $15,000 less than a week, or might have been exactly a week. It was around a week, less than two weeks, of me changing the price lowering it from you know eighteen thousand dollars or whatever it was before down to fifteen thousand what we were believing for and as soon as i lowered it to fifteen thousand dollars boom i got two calls on it and one of them lived locally and this was the boat that they were looking for they'd been looking for a pontoon boat for the last year and they had fifteen thousand dollars in cash and they paid full price for that boat now i share that because of what I'm talking about in this series, which is standing established in the truth. The truth is, regarding that boat, that all that I set these hands to prospers. If they're for, you know, if they're for righteous purposes, if they're for providing for my family. I'm not saying that you can say that and then go and, and rob a bank and say that your, your hands are going to, God's going to cause your hands to prosper in that job. No, that's contrary to God's word. But everything you do that aligns with God's word, like providing for your family, uh, you know, providing through, through a, a legal job, that God is going to cause it to prosper in your hands. That God is commanding increase over your storehouses. You know, the blessings of the covenant of God, you know, that's the truth. And we must stand in that truth despite all of the circumstances and everything else coming against us that is warring for us to doubt and to stumble. So my question for you is, are you standing and if you are standing, what are you standing on? You know, in the boat testimony, I was standing on scripture verses. I was standing on the word of God. What are you standing on when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy? What are you standing on when doubt comes to a promise that you're standing on? You know, many of you might not be standing on anything. You know what? One of my questions to people who are going through, you know, sickness or, you know, a financial, um, financial lack or, you know, depression or something like that, I'll ask them, well, what are you standing on? And many times, you know, they won't understand what I'm saying. And I'll say, well, what promise from the Word of God are you standing on? And they, many people have no response to that. It's, it's foreign for someone to ask them, 
What are you standing on? What is your foundation? What promise are you holding on to regarding what's coming against you? Because most people just run to the doctor or go seek another job or go seek all of these natural means, the world's wisdom, and they completely neglect the entire Bible that is full of promises for the exact issues that we are going through in this life. Many people look at the Word of God and they say that that only applies to temptation towards sin. You know, the Word of God is that that's what I stand on when I'm tempted to go and um, to go and sin, to give in to temptation. But the Word of God is much more than that. The Word of God applies can be applied to every area of our life. The Word of God has promises for finances. The Word of God has promises for healing, has promises for freedom from anxiety, has promises for marriage, has promises for children, has promises for your job, for employment, for promotion. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide soul and spirit and bone and marrow. It can be applied to any area of our life. But yet, so many people don't utilize it the way they should. I know I didn't. I'm still growing in this. I'm not saying that I utilize the Word of God perfectly in every area of my life, but I am growing in my knowing of the truth in God's Word. And when I have a truth and I have something coming against me, I know because of what the Lord has shown me through personal experience that if I stand on the truth of God's Word, He is faithful to fulfill the Word that He's spoken. He is faithful to fulfill His promises. So let's get back to Ephesians six fourteen. So Paul uses the word stand. So he starts off in verse 14, stand therefore. He uses that word stand in Ephesians 6 verses 11, 13, and 14. But it's very interesting. Each word stand in those verses have a slightly different meaning according to the Greek lexicon, Thayer's Greek lexicon. So we're going to start with, with the word stand because you've got to know what Paul's talking about since he started the verse with stand therefore. So in Ephesians 6.11, this is the first, first uh, word, time where he used the word stand. And it has a different meaning than the word stand in verse 14. He says, put on the whole armor of God. This is again verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now this word stand in this verse is referring to one who in the midst of the fight holds his position against a foe. This is when you're in the midst of the battle. Paul is exhorting us to stand in the midst of the battle. When you're face to face with the enemy and you're fighting and you hold your position, you hold the line against the enemy forces coming against you. You know, in Exodus 14, 13, the same word for stand is used by Moses. Now, if you're not familiar with this, this story, this is Moses leading the children of Israel out of bondage from the Egyptians. I'm sure many of you have seen um, 
the, uh, the movies based on this. This is the exodus of Israel, the children of Israel, out of the nation of Egypt. And at this point in this chapter, they are up against the Red Sea. They have no place to go. They are hemmed in on both sides, and they have only one way out. And Pharaoh knew that, and Pharaoh took all of his chariots, and they went after the nation of Israel because he knew that they would be trapped there. In the natural, there was no way out of this area. And so the Israelites are down there at the, at the foot of the Red Sea. Millions of people. And their only way out is now blocked by the Egyptians, who are coming to destroy them. Coming to either destroy them or get them enslaved again and bring them back to Egypt. And so the people are freaking out. This is, over, this is over a million people, and they are freaking out because there is no way out. They are face-to-face -face with the enemy. Their foe is coming against them, and they don't know what to do. And listen to the words of Moses in Exodus 14, verse 13. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, you shall see them again no more, forever. So Moses tells the people, stand still, or stand firm, or hold your position. Don't run away. Don't flee. You stand where you are firm on this word from God. And he gives them a promise. He says, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. And what happened? God tells Moses immediately after that to go and step into the Red Sea and part it. And Moses obeys by faith, steps into the Red Sea, and the waters are parted, and the Israelites cross through the Red Sea on dry ground. And then when the Egyptians come after them, trying to pass through the same passage that the Israelites went through, the waters come down on them, and they drown, and the Israelites saw them no more. So this first word, stand, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles or the deceptions of the devil. He's saying when you're in the midst of the battle, when you're in the midst of the deception, when that deception is coming against you, when, when you have sickness coming against your body, when you have poverty and all you see is lack, when there's persecution coming against you, when depression attacks, when anxiety comes against you, when there's doubt Paul is saying, you stand firm on the word of God. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't run. Don't give in to the temptation. Don't give in to what the doctor says. Don't give in to what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. You stand firm on the word of God and on that promise that he's given you in his word. So really, the first part of standing is knowing what you're standing on. I'm going to come back to that once I get through these next two. So the next area is Ephesians 6, verse 13, 
where Paul says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So that word withstand, that means resist, oppose, set oneself against. And then the word stand here, you know, the first in verse 11, that word stand meant in the midst of a battle, face to face with the enemy. This word stand is referring to one who vanquishes his adversaries and holds the ground. This is powerful, guys. This word stand is saying that when you have obtained victory over your enemy, when you've taken ground to hold that ground, to stand and not give an inch back to the enemy, because if he can take an inch from you, he can take a mile from you. He's saying, you stand firm on that promise. I don't care if you've obtained the victory. You continue to stand because that enemy is going to try to come against you again. And so you better be standing prepared and not lose any ground that you took. You know, in my mind, this goes to people that, that have cancer attack their body. You know, they're believing God for healing. They're, they're standing on a word from the Lord. And they go and they get a good uh, they get a good report from the doctor that their cancer has gotten smaller or that the cancer has disappeared. But then a couple months go by and they go back to the doctor and all of a sudden the word comes that it's back. Or the word comes that it's growing and it's growing faster than it did before. You have a choice at that point whether you are going to continue to stand and not give up the ground that you've taken through standing on the Word of God, or whether you're going to crumble to the next attack of the enemy. It's a choice that you have. The Word of God never changes. The Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus stays the same, and Jesus is the Word made flesh, and we are to be standing on the Word of God, the promises of God, then we have a choice. The only variable in, in this whole equation is us and what we choose. What we choose to believe and what we choose to confess and what we choose to stand on. Temptation is the same way. You know, you can look at the those addicted to alcohol, drugs, pornography. You know, one who struggles in those areas or who has been addicted to those areas before, they can go a period of time where they are walking in victory, but all of a sudden, things start coming against them. Different circumstances. They have a fight with their wife. They, they're working you know, a bunch of hours. They're tired. They have all these compounding things that take place, and then all of a sudden, the temptation comes. I deserve to go look at this. I deserve to go satisfy myself. Remember how good it felt to go get high. Remember how good it felt to go and just drown myself in alcohol. And you have a choice at that point whether you are going to stand on a promise of God that for freedom Christ has set you free. Not to yield yourself to be a servant of sin, obeying sin, obeying the flesh, but to be a servant of Christ. You have a choice to stand on the Word of God and use the sword of the Spirit coming out of your mouth to speak the Word over those temptations or to give in to it. 
You know, Jesus chose to speak the word against the temptations the devil threw at him. He used the sword coming out of his mouth and he spoke the word towards every temptation. You have a choice. You have a choice whether you're going to stand in the victory and not give up ground and fight to hold that ground or whether you're going to give in and crumble and yield to your flesh. Last one here. And then I think I'm going to stop and continue in the next video. Actually, I'm going to stop right there. So we went through Ephesians 6, 11. <coughs> um, Ephesians 6, 13. And now we are on the last meaning for the word stand that Paul used. And that's Ephesians 6, 14, which is we, where we are in this study. So I hope this blessed you. And... Uh, Meditate on this, on, on these scriptures. Meditate on, on what I've said. And look back at your life and see what are you standing on? What have you been standing on? And what were the results that came from what you were standing on? Because we're going to talk about our foundation and what, what foundation we are standing on. So I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you guys for listening. Like and subscribe if you enjoy these videos and encouraged by them. And I pray that you have a great rest of your week. Bye, guys.